Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 75. Have you ever experienced God making beauty from the ashes in your own life? Well, if you have not, and you're in a difficult situation, hang in there. Just know he is not done working yet. If it's not good, he's not finished. Today, I'm honored to step into my friend Janae Hostetter's story with you as she shares her journey from brokenness to redemption. It starts with devastating news about her unborn daughter and ends with the saving of many lives. Perfectly timed just two days after we celebrated the National Sanctity of Human Life Day on January 22nd, this episode speaks to the truth that absolutely every life matters and has great purpose. So don't forget to check out our show notes at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. To glean more information about the Aaliyah Joy House and the Comforter Center, and to connect with Bible to School on Facebook and Instagram, where you can join our conversation. We would just love to hear how God is working in your life. So let us know. Ready to hear how God uses Janae's story for his glory? Come join our conversation now. Well, Janae, it is such a joy to have you here on the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So you and I are friends from many years past, but for the sake of our listeners who may not know you, please tell us just a little about yourself and your family. Sure. Uh, I'm married to my husband, Rodney, and it's hard to believe that we've been married for 13 years and we have four beautiful children. We do have one child that is in heaven already, and then I should say four living children. We live in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, and my husband works as a physician assistant, and I have the privilege of staying home full-time as a stay-at-home mom. Wonderful. That's awesome. So January 22nd is coming up here, and January 22nd, 2023 is actually recognized as National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Janae, you are very passionate about this particular subject matter. So today, we're going to chat about that journey, this journey that the Lord has brought your family through and how he created amazing beauty from your ashes. So Janae, I'm going to start a little backwards here because you started a foundation that promotes this very thing our nation's celebrating, the sanctity of life. Can you tell us the name of this ministry and then its mission? Yeah, we had the opportunity of helping to start. It's called the Aaliyah Joy House. And it is located in Kampala, Uganda. It started out of a desire to see God redeem the death of our first daughter, Aaliyah Joy, who was stillborn. And she was born on October 25th, 2010. We were given a poor prognosis for her when I was not very pregnant, not very far along. And the doctors had told us that abortion was an option. And actually, they strongly recommended it for her birth defect. Because babies with that, this birth defect, we're, we were told they will never survive outside the womb. And we said in our hearts, no, God gave us this child. We know God has a purpose for her, and we will see that purpose no matter what it is. So for six months, we contended for her healing. We prayed for her healing. We had thousands, it felt like thousands, maybe 
I think thousands of people <laughs> praying for us, um, are literally around the world for her healing and just so encouraged by the Lord during that time. But when she was born, she did still pass away. And out of that, that pain and that loss, we said, we want to see other babies' lives saved through her. And mm. so we were able to connect through my aunt and uncle with an amazing ministry in Kampala, Uganda, all the way across the world. Just only God could set that up. And we heard about this amazing ministry. It's called the Comforter Center. And it is a pro-life, very pro-gospel pregnancy center who literally sees hundreds of Ugandan babies saved every year. They work right outside of the slums. Many of the women are poor, have little resources, and they come to this place just looking for an abortion, most of them, and they're told about the gospel. Many of them get saved. They're given baby supplies. They're told that their baby has value, and many of them, most of them, choose life for their baby. And the person who actually started the Comforter Center in Kampala, Uganda, is a woman named Veronica, and she actually, her own mother, tried to abort her. She has an amazing testimony. She is severely deformed, can hardly walk, but just has the joy of the Lord. She became a Christian later on in life and felt the Lord say, you need to start a pregnancy center and reach women so that they don't abort their own children. Her own sister actually died having an abortion. So it's very personal to her, this mandate of why she started the Comforter Center. So anyway, we heard about all this happening and we said, we want to give money in our daughter's honor to be able to see baby saved. But mm. we had no clue the story that God had already prepared, this redemptive story. So we wow. gave money. A few people had wanted to give money. We raised about $1,000 after Aaliyah was born and died. We gave it to my aunt and uncle, who are the, the connection there, who are missionaries to Uganda. And soon after they went to Uganda with this money, as a surprise for Veronica, she had no clue the money was coming. Veronica came to them and said, hey, I want to show you something. I have a surprise. Little did we know, Veronica had heard about our story with Aaliyah Joy and knew that we were standing for life and was so moved by the fact that we would not choose abortion for our daughter. Mm -hmm. Even though doctors said she would die, she was building a, a prayer hut, a house of prayer, she called it, but it's a hut outside of the comforter center. And she said, I prayed and I felt God say that I'm supposed to name it the Aaliyah Joy house of prayer. She never met us before, which is incredible. God's mm -hmm. hand so on this. Wow. So anyway, my aunt and uncle, their jaws about hit the floor. They're like, well, we brought you a thousand dollars in Aaliyah's honor after a memorial service that they collected for your center. I mean, they were undone. So that money was used to help finish the roof of the Aaliyah Joy House of Prayer. Again, only <laughs> God can set that up. We've never been to Uganda. I didn't know anything about Uganda, but we clearly saw God moving in this way. Wow. So more meetings and talking. And we realized that what God had put on Veronica's heart, he gave her a vision that is very, very different than how many Africans or Ugandans think is that they would create something that would allow their pregnancy center to be self-sustaining because they rely on the United States and other wealthier countries to continually supply for them. And they're like, you know what? We have an amazing country like something that they can buy into. We can be self-sustaining. Again, this is a very innovative idea. Only God could do this. So she said, I want to build an apartment complex to house people. And then all of that rent income will support the work of our amazing pregnancy center. And we heard that we prayed out and we said, yes, our family wants to do that. So we started out soon after Aaliyah was born. It was probably about in 2011, a year later. And we fundraised like crazy. 
And we had so many people pour into this project. I forget in the end what we had to raise, but it was incredible. And in the end, there was a lot of warfare. I will say we had building materials stolen. Um, We had people saying they didn't want us on the land. Like it was intense. (laughs) But I can say 12 years later, after, after everything, that the Aliyah Joy House is now built in Kampala, Uganda, or right outside Kampala, Uganda, that it is has six apartments that are fully housed. They're housing families. It's beautiful. It has running water and electric, which is not always the case in Uganda. And all the rent money is fully generating income for the pregnancy center. So it is a sign and a wonder, first of all, that it's even there because you don't see this happening in Uganda, but it's also such a testimony to God's faithfulness. And we were able to go there for a dedication service and we have relationships with the people there. And it has been the biggest blessing to see God take our daughter who never took a breath here on earth and use her life for his glory. And just a testimony that all lives, even in the womb, are powerful and have a plan and a purpose for God. Amen. Wow. What a powerful story, Janae. Thank you so much for sharing that. So the Comforter Center had been around for many years prior. Yes. I forget exactly. I think it was the beginning of the 2000s that it was founded by Veronica. And then we came on board again. It would have been in 2010. Okay. Wow. So this was, I can only imagine from both ends of the world, you have these amazing stories to share. And Veronica got already planting a seed in her heart to be praying over your family. That is so powerful. And to have that exchange, I can only imagine when she received the money and then, wow, what a blessing, a twofold blessing in that. And then an even bigger blessing as this um, impacts lives, these apartment buildings, this place that people can come to for care and love and learn about Jesus and purpose. That's amazing. But I just have to ask because you know, you're at the other side of this almost. I mean, I'm sure there's still pain. There's still hard, but you can look back and say, look how good our God is. But during the process, was there ever a time where you just felt discouraged and down and asked God why? Yeah, many times. (laughs) I think whenever God gives us a vision, uh, whenever he gives us something that he wants to see happen, it takes a pressing in of prayer and perseverance. I don't know how many times we felt like the project over the past 12 years was not going to come to pass. I think I remember it was probably four years into the project when things kind of came to a halt. And we, again, I told you there was a lot of warfare and literally we had building supplies taken from the land and it just felt like, oh my goodness, God, is this ever like so many times cling to his promise. Like You gave us this idea. You brought us together supernaturally. God, just reminding him like this will come to pass, right? (laughs) I remember so many times being on my face before the Lord and I just remember being like, God, we will see this come to pass, correct? And and just really feeling like, yes, just stay faithful in prayer. Um, but yes, it was this project was sown in many tears on behalf of myself and, and much prayer by many people and just so thankful. But yes, it was something we really had to press in for to see it come to pass. For sure, for sure. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. What happens after I die? If we're honest, this is a question that even us as adults wonder about, isn't it? The fact is, we're all going to die someday. And it's easy enough to understand what happens to our physical bodies as we can observe the process of deterioration and decay. But what happens to our souls? When discussing this with a child, focus on the gift of eternal life in heaven Christ offers us when we believe in Him. 
Revelation 21 unlocks some great descriptions of heaven that we can all look forward to, like there'll be no more death, no more tears, no more sadness, that it will shine with the glory of God and be beautiful and we will be with God forever there. That's something to celebrate and look forward to together with a child. Now, did you, I remember there was a verse that the Lord gave you, but I didn't hear you mention that. Can you give me some background on that verse he gave you during this time? Yeah, when I was pregnant with Aaliyah and after we had gotten the really hard diagnosis, I was actually 12 weeks pregnant when they told us that they saw something really wrong with her brain. They could tell even at that early. But I remember being in quiet time. I spent, that's what sustained me. I spent so much time with the Lord over that time of so much uncertainty. And I remember him speaking, it was Isaiah 60, specifically verse one. It says, arise and shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And the verses after that really spoke to me, but especially Isaiah 61, it just impacted my soul. Like God, you are arising on this situation. Like may you receive glory no matter what happens. I get emotional even thinking about it. It was such a profound moment. Mm. And that was kind of like our guiding verse. And so when Aaliyah was born and she passed, we made sure we have a little head marker at her at her tombstone. It says Aaliyah Joy Hostetter, October 25th, 2010. And then at the bottom, just a simple verse, it's, it says Isaiah 61 and 2. And I remember even when I told them to put that on there, I'm like, people are going to be like, why would you put like that proclamation on it? It's not something you would typically see on a tombstone. I feel like, you know, I don't know what, usually something of comfort or not, not that type of verse. I felt like it was like sure. a prophetic proclamation hmm. for her life. But I just really felt like we were supposed to put that on there. And then it was when we built the Aaliyah Joy House, we had an amazing sign that was made that kind of gives a little bit of the history. It says the Aaliyah Joy House, so everyone who comes there can see it. They're first greeted with it. But we put that verse at the bottom of the sign. And at the dedication service, when we went a few years ago, I was able to proclaim that verse over, there was at least 100 people gathered there at the dedication service, the babies, the moms that were there from the pregnancy center, and just even over the land. So that is, yes, become like... (laughs) The sustaining verse that this really is the hour. And we have seen God's glory arise and shine over over our situation and over our daughter's life. Praise the Lord. That is beautiful. So I can imagine during this process, I mean, you said at 12 weeks, you found out diagnosis of Aaliyah. How did that look with your conversation with your doctors? I feel like our doctors were very respectful. Where we live in Pennsylvania, it's our county, Lancaster County. The specialist told us is known as a county that stands for life for the unborn, which is phenomenal. They actually have a lot of parents in our situation that are given a very poor prognosis for their babies. And they say, doesn't matter. We're caring to term anyway. We will not terminate this pregnancy. This is a child, again, like we said, that has value and has purpose. It created in God's image, like we would never consider abortion. And so they were actually extremely respectful. They mentioned abortion once. They said, we respect you. I don't think they ne- the doctors always understood our position, but that was okay. We felt like we were respected. And mm-hmm. I will just say that where we delivered, the hospital is extremely accommodating. So like supportive of families wanting to stand for life, Women's and Babies Hospital in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I can't say enough. Just thinking of everything, even setting up pictures for us and mm. just so respectful of our child. Probably one of the most impactful things was the hospital chaplain who was a strong believer. It brings me to tears even now, but 
when we left the hospital, my biggest thing was just leaving Aaliyah's body there. And I said, will you hold her for me? And she said, yes. So my final picture of Aaliyah is her being held by this amazing godly woman. Just again, that value of life saying this child has purpose and we, we stand with you. Wow. That's amazing. And what a beautiful sight because we know that she was being held by Jesus. <laughs> That's beautiful. So now we're 12 years out, right? This is 12 years later. You just celebrated Aaliyah's 12th birthday, right? Mm-hmm. How was this year different from the rest, Janae? I don't like the phrase that says time heals because I don't think that's a true statement. I think that's what the world tells you. I think the honest truth is that God heals. And many people who go through really hard, traumatic things, there's so many things in life. I don't think unless you know the Lord, they never find that healing. And I feel like that's kind of like my mission is to proclaim that God does heal our trauma and our pain. I felt Mm -hmm. that firsthand. And Mm -hmm. I think this year, more than any other year, Aaliyah's birthday felt sad to me, but it did not feel heavy. In the past, I felt like on her birthday, I had to go back into that delivery room. I had to go back into those really hard places. I had to go back into like the day we buried her, which just felt hard and heavy. And that's okay. There's a process of needing to walk out that type of grief. But I think this year, I just felt like a release in my spirit that just felt like a gift from God and just a reminder of his ability, like Jesus does set us free and completely heal. And I just felt peace this year, sadness, but yet peace. And a thankfulness to be on this side of the journey and a thankfulness for my four healthy children here on earth. Mm, Amen. Praise the Lord. So what is one of the best things that we can do as adults here on the You Can Tell the Children podcast? We want to be talking about ways that we can tell the children about Jesus, about hope, about what to do in hard situations to come alongside them. What would you tell adults who are helping a struggling young woman or teen who finds herself pregnant and asking that hard question? can I really go through with this pregnancy? That's a great question. I feel like one of the biggest lies that our culture throws at us right now is telling, especially a young teen mom, that she's not enough, that she can't do it. But even in hard situations, like what I found in my own experience, like God gives you the ability to do whatever you face if you call on him and you ask for his help and his guidance. And so I feel like whether a teen mom would choose to give her baby up for adoption if she feels like not able to care for it, which I would highly, highly support. We adopted our youngest son and I just a strong component of adoption. I feel like it is the hour for the church to step up and to adopt children who need good homes. But also I would just say there are amazing pregnancy resource centers like the one in Kampala, Uganda, or even just in each state, Christian pregnancy resource centers that would be glad to help walk a woman alongside through her pregnancy, offer resources, parenting classes, materials, that sort of thing. And I I would be a strong component of that. My husband and I have the honor and privilege of being on a local board for a local pregnancy center. It's called Align Life Ministries here in Lancaster and Lebanon County in Pennsylvania. And we see the amazing work of abortion-minded women, especially young women, coming in saying, I want an abortion, but they get that ultrasound. That is such an ultrasound machine is such an amazing thing in this hour, because as you know, I'm sure many of us have heard testimonies. They see that baby moving on the screen, even a few weeks old, and they say, wow, that's a life. I can't end that life. So we see that happen so many times. But through, um, we also see like mentorship happening diapers, wipes, 
baby clothes, like all kinds of things mm -hmm. um, are given to them and just like an excitement for their child's life. So I would, my encouragement would be, there is never a situation without hope. And if you feel like you can't raise this child after seeking help from a pregnancy center, adoption is always a really good option. Wonderful advice, Janae. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story, your beauty from ashes story, giving us great resources. I hope those listening really gleaned a lot from this today and will share. Share, share, share. People need to hear this story. Would you be so kind, Janae? Would you bless us by praying for our time together? Sure. I'd love to. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you that every life that you create has value. God, I thank you that every life has purpose. I thank you for the gift of children to us as parents and grandparents, Lord. Children are a blessing from you. God, I thank you that in this hour, you are raising up your church to stand for the lives of the unborn in our nation. God, I ask that each of us would be willing to be open to however you're leading us, whether that's to adopt, to support uh, a woman in a crisis pregnancy situation, Lord, to give to a pregnancy center, whatever that looks like, God, I pray you would stir even today as people listen to this podcast in their hearts of how to stand for the lives of the unborn God. And we just thank you that you are the author and creator of life. We honor you today, God. And we are so thankful for how you're working in this hour and that we have seen Roe versus Wade fall, God. We are so thankful for that, God, this new season for the church. In Jesus' name, amen. I just love how many times I heard Janae say, only God could do this. Listening to this story testifies of our God of details, and it gives him the praise. His hand is all over this story, and it's for his glory. I know it can be intimidating to speak up about supporting life over choice, but one simple way you can help support the sanctity of life is by sharing this episode. You never know how one person's story could impact a life or many lives. Don't forget to go to our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com to find the show notes from today and learn more about the Aaliyah Joy House and the Comforter Center. You'll also find a link to CareNet, which is a wonderful resource that connects those in need with a pregnancy center closest to them. You'll also want to check out our latest blog post, which speaks to how God makes us unique and valuable. Go check it out and put that refrigerator fingerprints activity to the test. Well, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. I hope you'll join us here next week as we hear a powerful adoption story with Monica and Tyler Herr. Until then, remember friends, you can tell the children about the great love of Jesus.